Yeah. Episode 153, uh, Southampton Review. Right after right after full time, uh, you are joined by myself, Josh, uh, Craig and Adam. Uh, we chatted, what, like three days ago? So how's the rest of your week been, boys? There was, I, don't, I, I can't remember what happened in anything before about 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> it's very much, I want to sing, I want to chant, we draw when we want, because that's that's where we're at now. That is where we're at as a team. Uh, unbelievable. We're 10 men, Brighton, Mope, at the death to rescue a draw. That is our season currently summarised. Um, thank God. It's... Ooh. It's it, it does pose an interesting question, right? Should we uh, should we just look at starting with ten men? Is there some kind of thing we can put forward? We uh, might have for... to, based on the injuries and the suspensions for next week. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a, that is also a great point. Um, Trossard looks bad. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Um, but it looks like there are uh, a couple of others that have popped up out of nowhere. There was Dunk in particular. Um, in a knee brace, um, not good. He was he was one of five changes today. So uh, we had Lamptey come back in, Mwepu in, Gross, Duffy and Burn, uh, and Dunk, Webster, Lalana, Moda, and Sarmiento all out. Four of those five were due to injury. Um, so uh, Dunk, Webster, Lalana, and Sarmiento all out due to injury. Sarmiento, we know he's out for a couple of months, uh, and... His dad, I think, went on in Ecuador and was said how was full of praise for the Albion and how well they've took care of him, which is nice. Um, but yeah, five changes. Um, we are only just getting to the start of that festive shit show of fixture congestion. Um, I'm a little bit worried, to say the least, boys, about uh, about this this vaunted depth that we we used to have at centre half. I mean, yeah, it it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it was one of the positions that we were so comfortable coming into the season. Like we have so much depth in that position and we have so many options at center mid that, you know, we, we don't need to worry about it too much. And it was all about, you know, we won't miss Ben White too much because we've got so much depth back there and the, the blessing of Shane Duffy playing and we'll get on to him and I guess the rest of the back three, but it was always uh, a given that our center back strength would be, one of the best things about it and we were harping on about we wouldn't change that back six back seven for the world um so now to go into this not only with those changes with webster dunk now injured uh you know and now duffy's going to be out veltman limped off i mean it's worrying it's pro- it's pro- it's going to be hayden roberts against hurricane um the the only thing that is redeeming uh, in in this whole situation is it spurs uh and if there's one side in the league that can't get out of their own way in a more unfathomable way than us it's spurs so yeah exactly someone's in that good job kane's not scoring well we might we might help him out um if if the first 97 minutes of this game were anything to go by <laughs> well it seems it seems webster is definitely out for a couple of weeks. Donkey being in a knee brace, I'm sure I'm not holding out too much hope to see him for a week or two at best. Uh, Shane Duffy is definitely out because he's got no choice. He's suspended. Um, so that's our regular back three 
out. Veltman limped off today. Uh, I, I know that NBC commentators were saying that they were surprised that Potter made his third substitution. They seemed to totally miss that it was an uh, injury-enforced one. Uh, Veltman was limping off and went straight down the tunnel, um, which we will also talk about going straight down the tunnel as well. Uh, but he, he, you know, he spoke to, I think he spoke to Potter and a couple of the others and, and went straight down the tunnel for treatment. He'd limped down there. Um, so, yeah, as you said, we're, we're, we're pretty much, unless Veltman is just a knock, um, we are left with Dan Byrne, potentially Joel Veltman, uh, and then you've got Hayden Roberts and, and whatever else we want to try and salvage from that under-23 team um, going into Spurs. We get to play my, the back four that I like playing, probably, because we don't have five players. <laughs> so we'll see. The only we'll problem see. with that, Adam, is that that back four that you like generally doesn't contain Lamptey because he's not generally a back four right back, and he may well have to be this week because there is no alternative at right back. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be honestly... <sighs> Because you've got March as that player that can slot in somewhere, I think you can. We can make it work. But um, yeah, I mean, someone uh, Dan said in the chat uh, that that Naylor mentioned Mode as our emergency centre back. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that emergency. He might be more effective in our box than he is in the the opposition's box, though. So we can hope. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see Moda playing centre half. But I. I mean, we we do have a couple of centre backs in that under twenty three squad that I don't I do think we're going to see now. You know, I think Tsungi was um, mentioned by Enoch as on the door as well. So there's a, there's a few players there. Um, Ed Turns has got a couple of cup games behind him as well for the first team. So we we may see some emergence there, and who knows? Um, like like Adam said, Spurs is Spurs, right? So. You know, if if this is going to be the one game, especially with Duffy out as well, and is is it more of a case of okay, if Feltman's fifty fifty, do we just not play him? Um, given that we are so light at the back, you might as well just double down and and use a completely different back four if if you like. Um, it, it's a tough one. That back three today. Um... Adam said it before kickoff and I pretty much copy and pasted it onto the Twitter account and people weren't very happy about it. But I, th- I still double down on the fact that you're right. Um, it, it looked very much like a championship back three today uh, on paper. Um, and unfortunately, uh, they acted like one for the majority of the 97 minutes, um, frankly. Uh, Feltman, Duffy and Byrne had a day to forget um, and Sanchez behind them, really not much better. Um, again, is that the Lewis Dunk effect to an extent, maybe? Uh, but Sanchez and his distribution has been poor all year long. Um, but his his total lack of trust, in my opinion, of those back three to distribute the ball out short to them seemed very evident. It didn't look like he dared pass that ball out uh, to Dan Byrne and at times Shane Duffy as well. Um, and when that's part of your entire mo as a back three or a back four, I suppose, if you include Sanchez, it looked like we were in for a recipe for disaster from the beginning, especially when we had no height up front. It, it, it was a it was a perfect storm of, of just awfulness because, yeah, I, I do, I stand by that, that comment about a championship back three. I like Veltman, and Duffy is a very good player when he's alongside Lewis Dunk. But we saw Celtic Duffy today, um, and we also played... God, they're they're not fast, are they? 
So when you when you try and push up a little bit, and we know how liable we are to giving the ball away in a counter attack, um, Southampton's strength is in that, and you saw that that energy and that that pressure that Hassan who ensures that they did they they put on the opposition. We would it was just an absolute liability for us, like really really worrying. This is becoming way too habitual for Sanchez. Like we talk about how sometimes he does this is really out of character. It's not out of character. This is currently now Sanchez's character. He's crappy at getting the ball out until he, until he proves otherwise. For me, it's a worry. He's a really, really, really good shot stopper. And he showed that today too, to be fair to him. Uh, There was a couple of superb saves he made, especially early on. Um, and, and there was really not much he could do with the goal. Uh, he he was left all out of the place because uh, I'm not really Hell sure of what a finish. Duffy was doing. Hell of a finish. Really composed. Uh, yeah, I mean, Duffy's still sliding down down St. Mary's, isn't he? <laughs> so, it, yeah, it, the distribution is, like Adam said, it's, it's becoming too common for it to be out of character anymore. Um is the fact that he doesn't trust that back three part of the issue? Maybe, because it was even worse than normal today. Um, and I think we can safely say that. But at the end of the day, I, I think in, in that 98 minutes, we didn't have a clue anyway. So even even when the distribution was okay and going up and, and reaching a player, we were never to that second ball anyway. So we didn't really stand a chance. I think Alex has made a really good point in the chat too. And, and I think you saw this this change in the second half that improved this situation. And, and, and he says here for, for those listening that, that we had this really big gap in the middle. And when Sanchez was trying to get the ball up, it's, you know, short of Mope and then there was no one really there and it just didn't work. Given that Mope was sort of the lone man up front and we had this really condensed centre midfield diamond, um, it just meant that we there was no pressure for the centre-backs on the Southampton side to not just push up. They could just push up all they wanted, which meant the field of play that we had was just this tiny area. So Southampton were just pressuring our set of centre-backs constantly, and we just couldn't get out. So between a a sort of a makeshift group of centre-backs that weren't playing very well, then you had the tactical element that we were all just pushed back as much as we can and the pressure from Southampton. It just felt like whenever we got the ball to anyone, there were two Southampton players on them, we couldn't shield it, and that was it. They were attacking us again. Yeah, um, they they lined up today uh, with a lot of pace, and I think they knew that, right? They had Teller on, Brohar on, Adams on, Redmond on, and that's that's an awful lot of speed uh, just about everywhere. Um, and, it, and it did a really good job in stopping Lamptey and Kukurea from being able to press forward. Um, Lamptey's worst game? Had nothing. Possibly, yeah. And, and it wasn't really much of his own fault. There was nothing for him that he could do. It's not like you ever got the ball and you were like, oh, he screwed up. He just didn't really ever get in a position to do anything. Yeah. I thought I thought the press was really good from Southampton today, especially with the the pace. And, you know, some of that we contributed ourselves in just being completely unable to to play it from the back, which is our normal, normal philosophy. Uh, combine that with a high press that was very effective and very well executed, I think. Most of the game, we yeah, we couldn't get running. It was if you compare that to the West Ham game in midweek, where we were seventy percent possession, creating chances, and sort of running the game. Is that the dunk effect, or is that just the fact that 
we couldn't do anything today. There's also, as you said, credit to Southampton. There's a reason a coach that has managed two 9-0 defeats his tenure, St Mary's, is still there. For a lot of the time, while he's dressed like a magician, he he does a good job. He outthought Potter here, and Potter was limited by the players that we had available to us. Like he couldn't do much. And that's why we saw Aaron Connolly come on. Potter doesn't want to bring on Aaron Connolly. No one wants to bring on Aaron Connolly. <laughs> but he actually didn't do that bad. He opened the game up more. But we we had to bring in someone that otherwise wouldn't even get a sniff at even the bench, as we've seen in the last few weeks, because of how how bad things were tactically. Yeah, and, and as you said, I mean, it wasn't just an eye test, right? Like, And Alex has seen it in the chat, the win-back struggled to get involved, Tarek Lamptey, especially 29 touches of the ball today. The only players with less were all three substitutions and Mope, which goes to show just how little service Mope had, which is just what we were talking about as well. Um, ironically enough, Kukurea had the most touches of the ball in the entire game. Uh, and I think that was really just a desperate plea to try and stick out wide uh, and make it work. Um, because calls from Dan Byrne just panicking (laughs) yeah yeah exactly Um, and and yet to me I felt like we weren't in the game for any of it I thought we were second best almost the entire game Uh, but statistically dominated the ball uh, 55% possession uh, equaled their shots pretty much outperformed them in most statistics uh, barring set pieces again uh, and funnily enough, finished on a higher XG with 1.20 to their 1.13. Didn't feel like that at all. Um, no, I'm I'm looking at the numbers and I'm thinking, how, how, <laughs> like, how, I understand that they're not wrong, but it feels like they should be wrong um, because it feels like that was one of the worst performances I've seen in a while in terms of just the lack of anything. Uh, imagination-wise especially. And yet the numbers say that it wasn't as bad as it looked, but I'm going to say that my eye test is going to overrule my numbers here and say that I thought that was so, still very, very poor today. Yeah, that's where the stats come in, isn't it? Um, we can we can dress it up and say that we matched them in every department, but anyone that watched that game will know that we've been second best for 98, 99 minutes. So it it's a weird one, you know, I've got a, a few friends that are Saints fans and talking about how they do feel robbed, obviously, from the late goal, but from their performance too. So, um, yeah, it, it is one of those where that statistics kind of lies a little bit if you watch the 90 minutes or 100 in this case. We did have, I think the XG could be defended with the, we had a couple of like actual, what I'd call big chances in the second half, like towards the end. Uh, there was that one where, it was a really good ball from March and give him his credit. Connolly cut it really nicely back to Mope. So it was about 77 minutes and Mope, you know, relatively good chance. And as he does, he shanked it. Um, he did it with target though, to his credit. Yeah. So I've got to give him that. And then we had another big one before the, the, um, I think it was in the 92nd minute, that free kick that came in when it might have been Duffy's just, foot. Just, that like just, just needed a touch. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that explains that bit, but like for the vast majority of the game, uh, my wife is from California. She's not native to to watching football, um, and she said unprompted part of the game. She's like, "Brighton are really frustrating to watch, aren't they?" I was like, "Yeah, now you understand." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a good game. 
<laughs> Mope at 41 minutes, you could see him out, you could hear him because the crowd was quiet. He said, fucking wake up. I think he was shouting at Mwepu and Mwepu seemingly didn't wake up, but yeah. And speaking of chances, that Mwepu chance in the first yeah. half where yeah. he seemingly had all the time in the world to, to I, I and I put in the chat, just leather that, just get it on target and hit it as hard as you can. Instead, he went for the placement and it was a foot to the left of McCarthy, which is just so typical of of what we've seen lately where it, I don't know if it's just overthinking on the finishing part where they, they try and do too much and it's just very tame. Yeah, but at least Mwapu will t- he, t- he took the shot. And that's more than we can say for a lot of the other players that we have in the centre of the park when the ball gets cut back and, and you know, Lalana sort of hits this little tepid thing that just bobbles, like he yeah. rolls to the side of the the outside of the post and on target again Uh, yeah it was on target got it on target Uh, I I wouldn't trust Basuma in the same spot or Lalana in that same spot to hit the goal Uh, which is kind of sad Uh, (laughs) but Mwepu wasn't good though was he like he he, there was a couple of bits in the first half where he showed flashes of that that direct play we're like thank god someone just gets the ball and sort of moves forward and tries to do something as opposed to just slide in at left or whatnot. Um, he's really uh, what I worry about Mwepu, and I, I hopefully this happens. And if it doesn't happen this season, hopefully it happens next season. He has not yet figured out the interplay that, that is demanded by Potter's system, the touch and go and the little intricate passes in between and through balls. How many times did Mwepu get the ball in a decent spot, passed and it was over hit and it just went out like felt like it happened a lot. He's not, he's not there yet. He really isn't. No, he's he's struggling, isn't he? Um, because the last game he had, I thought he was superb, and he had a couple of games hurt. I think he was was it a knock again, or did he just not get game time? I'm not sure what it was. But the last game he played, I, I think we all said that he was one of the bright sparks. And today, yeah, he he again he seemed off of it. He's he almost feels a little bit like Moda. I feel like he needs a couple of games under his belt consistently to see where where he is actually. Um, as opposed to one in, three out, one in, two out, one subs on, one sub off. Um, a player that I, I think is uh, is 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 out currently, uh, Pascal Gross, however much it hurts me, today was very poor. I'm not sure what he was asked to do today. I'm not sure what role he was asked to perform. Um, but whatever it was, it wasn't one he did well. Uh, he he created nothing, which is usually his his saving grace. Uh, whenever he does have a poorer game, he usually is one of those players that's a key pass creator, or a key chance creator, or goal involvement stuff. But today, defensively, nothing. Offensively, nothing. He was pretty much the definition of a passenger today. Um, and I thought we looked better from the minute he went off. Strutted off down the tunnel as well, didn't he? Um... Not great vibes there. What what has Alexis McAllister done to Grand Potter's family to mean that he doesn't get a look in when uh, you look at the rest of the bench and it's a combination of the players that we didn't use was McAllister, Sherpin, and Jason Steele. So we had two two keepers, uh, Hayden Roberts, Taylor Richards, and the perennial Jurgen Lacardia. I mean. At some point, you play him, don't you? Uh, again, was it was it a thing of okay, like here you go, Tony. I'm putting Jurgen Lacardia on. 
here's my striker option. Okay, Tony, uh, we need someone to stretch the back four. I'm going to put on Aaron Connolly. Look at what I've got. I, I like. I don't know whether it was one of those things again. I don't think. I don't, I don't think, know if it's that. I don't think he's going to be doing it to purposely sabotage us, but getting in behind and trying to stretch the defense was obviously the right move because we were so bottled up, as you said already. And when Aaron Connolly is that option, McAllister isn't. McAllister isn't an option to get in behind. He's nothing much different from the rest of the midfield that we already had on the pitch. I No, they can pass the ball and he can take a shot. Um, and we, for the most part today, had 11 players that weren't able to actually do those two things until right at the end. Um, I don't know. It is, it is strange how much he's sort of dropped off or how how the drop in confidence has been from Potter in McAllister to do something. Um, just feels like Moda has taken that spot from McAllister more than anything else. Um, and yeah, it is what it is. But I, th- I think Josh is right that Connolly was the right option today. Is it a good option? Not really, but tactically, is it the best option that we had? Yes. And it, it worked in parts because the, the cutback from Connolly and having two up front enabled us to have more space in the rest of the pitch, which seemed to help. But it doesn't it doesn't mar the fact that we are very low on options and even the options we have, asking them to do the job that we need them to do. Um, it, it doesn't leave a lot of confidence for anyone. Yeah, it's me, Sal, in the chat. Uh, saying Mac is going to play next week if Leo is out. I don't see Leo being back that soon. Um, if if that scene was anything to go by, but who knows? Um, you kind of have to at that point, right? Because I, I, I just don't think, I don't know who you actually put on the pitch with the number of players that were going to be down. I, I'm also worried about, Potter was forced into the tactics today, wasn't he? Because we're just at a point where we just don't have any, attacking wide players any left in, in the team like you you're forced to either lampty makeshift right winger march makeshift right winger the left wing you can sort of drift trossard out there like we did um the other day against west ham but now he's gone i don't know who who even plays left wing and if not then what happens do we have to play this sort of horrible midfield diamond where we've got absolutely no outlets um we know McAllister doesn't do particularly well cutting in and playing further out wide. I just, we're really, really in a tough spot with the injuries and, and suspensions that we're, we're seeing now. We have to get Welbeck back very, very, very soon. And I never thought I'd say that, that phrase in my entire life. And there's, there's nobody in that under 23 squad that you look at as those dangerous wide players either. Well, You've yeah, got... he's injured for two months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Licardia is certainly not a player that you want to be relying on as that option. Taylor Richards has done nothing to show that that's something he's going to be able to do. Um, Mwepu has shown he can play out wide in his previous games uh, for for his other team. But again, we've just been talking about how ready he even is for for a Premier League role. Um, Who else is there? At Connolly again, stick him out left. That's what he likes to do for Ireland. I think you have to play. Con- I think you have to play Connolly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who else you're playing. He likes to play Spurs as well. 
it's one thing he likes that hopefully would be beneficial to this Brighton Hove Albion football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it was just poor, wasn't it? The entire game was just poor. Um, Shane Duffy now out through suspension for the five. Uh, five yellow cards, which is fine. That's just, you know, we're going to see those. Southampton had two today as well. It's not something that, you know, is too worrying. Uh, what is worrying is that we now have uh, Adam Lalana, if he ever comes back fit, Veltman, Mope, and Basuma all on four as well. Uh, so if we have a particularly feisty game next week, we could be looking at the the extended list, uh, also adding Basuma and Mope to that list. Uh, and we've of course, as as has been said in the chat, Dunk. We don't know how long Dunk's out for, uh, from an injury perspective. And then you've got, you've got the game on the. Keep me honest here. You've got the game on the twelfth next yep. Sunday. Game on the fifteenth. Game on the eighteenth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's horrendous. And uh, they are hard games as well. This is when you don't want injuries mounting up because. In, a, a quick injury means you miss three games. Yep. Which is exactly what's happened. So whether whether they are short or long term, having a number of people limp off again in this game when we had three or four in the last game, you know, it if it happens one more time, you're playing half of the under twenty three team. No rotation either. Where do you you can't rotate? There's no one to rotate with. The most rotation we could possibly hope for is Sherp and Steel comes in. Um, we're going to be like that bloody side that Benfica plays. Belenses <laughs> or whatever they Yeah, we come yeah. out and, and some, uh, Basuma lays down on the pitch in the second half and we just take the, take the L. Uh, what really makes me truly nervous is if we get into a little bit of a tricky situation here, um, it's not an easy run of games either. We talked about this, right? Spurs, Wolves, Man U away. If we don't get a win in these games, which it doesn't feel like we can get a win at the best of times, but now we've got this dismantled squad, maybe we'll galvanise. But if we don't, you have to then go back. Remember the last win we got in the Premier League was against Leicester City on the 19th of September. That would take us, if we don't win any of these three games, three months, a quarter of the year without a win. It would also be winless in 13, which is... Three better, three better than our worst ever record, which we've just matched today, uh, which was 1982. Um, some things are coming out of the post-match here. Uh, Graham Potter says Trossard's injury is, is an elbow injury. Not as bad as first thought, but a wait and see. Uh, and Potter is not overly positive about Dunk's knee injury, um, which sounds like at least until the new year. <sighs> So that's, so that's that's a dislocated elbow then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, like... um, <clears throat> so painful, but not completely horrendous. Um, the dunk got a slightly that... longer week too. So, depending yeah. on how how well he recovers, Trossard could well be available for Spurs with a dislocated elbow, uh, with the, with the right protection on his arm. He's so reliant on balance, though, isn't he? As a player, if you suddenly you've got that strapped in there. Mm. I'd, I'll take half a Trossard over whatever the hell else we'll put out anyway. Though, so. <laughs> well, I mean, injury aside, he was anonymous today as well. But I think we we have to say that for the the entire team because I, I just don't think it was a very good performance from anyone in particular. Um, so 
I mean, despite that, we we can talk about more pay saving the day once again. And I want to get onto that conversation of papering over the cracks because we're yeah. starting to do it very often. Um, we come away thinking that this is a victory when we're talking about a very abject performance um, in in all of our words. So, I mean, this obviously feels good and we're sitting here and we're, we're 29 minutes in and we're talking about, you know, a very abject performance, but it is another point. And if you're going to play devil's advocate on the positive side, yes, we're winless in 10, but only two of those we've actually lost. So. Which is even funnier, isn't it? Like, right. what is that? <laughs> like what? Looking at the form is absurd. I said this before we went live. Because the start of the season, obviously, we all know how that played out. Um, but win, 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 loss, win, win, win. Draw, 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 loss, draw, 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 loss, draw, draw. So we should draw, then lose. Uh, well, I guess we did. We drew today. So we should lose. If the statistics are reliable, we'll lose against Spurs. And then draw draw with Wolves and Man United. <coughs> Correct. And continue on. Yeah, exactly. You heard it here first. Yeah, it is. I, we're not responsible baffling. for any bets, by the way. No, it's <laughs> yeah. not financial advice. <laughs> it is. It is baffling looking at this. It is. It is. It should be all but impossible looking at the the, the form that we have. We have only Manchester City, Chelsea, and Liverpool have lost more games in the Premier League than us this year. No one has drew more than us this year. What's the record most draws in a season? Surely we come. We've got to be in the running for that. I, at this trajectory, we have to be. I don't know, yeah, uh, but that 18. is impressive. If we, yeah, if we maintain this, I think we're we're one in every two games. So we, we could be close to that eighteen if we continue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, we it's, could be close to that eighteen teams. by the time the January transfer window slams shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very easy way to guarantee one point a game. You know reach that 38 mark um, i mean yeah ironically enough that would put us on 30 points if we drop them more <laughs> yeah maybe right, we only need two wins. wins yeah we only need two more wins and we're probably safe uh, just, just playing chess not checkers really that's the game yeah, plan all along. I, 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 I want to bring up though the other results today well a couple of them at least mainly the newcastle one because i'm going to keep uh, my flag up to say that Newcastle aren't going to go down. They're now even on 10 points for Burnley and Newcastle as it stands. They're obviously uh, Burnley and Norwich rather as it stands. Played a game extra. Um, Watford are down against Man City already. Shocker. We'll see. <laughs> 10 points shielding us from that drop at the moment. And it I'm is w- also worth noting Newcastle, RE Newcastle. Their 1-0 win, which was valuable for them, but it did come solely due to Pope fumbling a ball. It was solely due to goalkeeper error. If that was not the case, that's a, that's another 0-0 draw. That They were not good enough to Ma- take yeah, that outside true. of that, which is one of those things of... But at the same time, they have a player in Callum Wilson that is going to take those chances from errors nine out of 10 times as opposed to Brighton players where it's five <laughs> out of 10. Um, and a lot of the teams around them that are five out of 10. And and that that could well be the thing that saves them, regardless of what they do in January. Callum Wilson may well still be the man that keeps them up so on its own, uh, just like he did with Bournemouth. 
like it or not, though, we have to start looking down that. We have to start looking that way. We're certainly not looking up at the moment, are we? And, and staring at the sides above us. Correction from our stand-in producer, Mikey, for the day. Um, <laughs> 17 draws is is the record on the season because 18 was for for a 42-game season. So the 38-game season, it's 17. What did we say we're on at the moment? We're on eight currently. I uh, will do that. Absolutely, absolutely breezed by that. 10 more with 23 to play. That's perfectly reasonable to do assume. Do get anything for it? Do you get a trophy or anything? Like a little... <laughs> Something, one of those glass ones at the end can, of the season. We can put it in the trophy cabinet with the XG trophy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But going back to what you were saying, Craig, because I think it's worth talking about more, the paper over the cracks. Um, we saw the first real sign of a non-passionate player uh, seemingly very, very frustrated today um when you see mope or Connolly uh doing the the thing that pascal gross did today is one thing um but to have pascal go off down the tunnel very pissed off uh do you think he was all frustrated at his own performance or do you think there are starting to become cracks in the in the locker room as well um it's worth asking the question do you think there are uh certain players that are starting to get frustrated um, at the lack of goals. And my opinion is less on the frustration with the head coach. And I wonder if there are starting to become frustrations with the players that aren't scoring the goals um, or the players that are letting the goals in, um, in their opinions. Do do, do we think there is a, a risk of cracks starting to develop in that way? I <laughs> I think so. I, like like you said, I don't think it's with the manager, right? It, the Potter you know, famously has a high regard for all of his players. He's a very good man manager and everyone seems to adore the guy. Um, I think for Pascal Gross, with such a calm demeanor, I think he was more frustrated about his own performance than anyone else. Um, he strikes me as his own worst critic and he really didn't have a good game today, like even based on the performances this year. So I'd like to think that it's just frustration on his own back. Um, but when you've got more pay being caught on TV, telling Enoch Mwepu to fuck, wake up, um, there clearly is something there that these guys are feeling the pinch where we haven't won for two and a half months and something needs to change, but nothing really is happening. Uh, and apart from another late goal from Mope and um, that sort of saved our blushes a little bit. I think there'd be every right to start feeling annoyed about what's going on, or at least frustrated with some elements of the play. I would be more worried if we didn't see this stuff. You should be frustrated. If you play for this team and you don't care that you've not won since September, what are you doing? You're just getting the paycheck at that point. Like you should be annoyed, especially today, because at least with other games where we've played in the in the last few, you come out, you come away from them and you feel um that you've achieved something. Like, wow, we really put a, a quote unquote better team on the back foot today. We played our socks off, we didn't get a finish, but we tried. Today was we were crap. Today was when you wake up after not sleeping very well and you go, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day today. I'll put in a half shift. We just saw what happens when 11 players do that. Um, you should be frustrated. You should be frustrated at the team. You should be frustrated at his performance. Only they can change that. 
So here's a key question. How do you think they do change it? Get rid of get obviously January is 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 the next target, right? Like if we want to start looking at things in terms of the way we can change things up, there are always going to be options in January if Tony wants to do business. We have players we can recall from loans, whether we want to spend money or not, right? We can recall players from loans. We can do different options. We have things available to us, whether they're good or not. There are ways to deal with it. Between now and January the 1st, because, I mean, we could genuinely just recall three players on January 1 and have them ready for after the cup. So take away the idea of January, because that's the obvious answer, right? We go into January, we have a game plan. We sign one player permanently we sign another on loan we recall two more and we try and go again in a different way right fine between now and jan one what 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 do we change what if you're if you're sat there and you're billy reed and graham goes what do you think bill <laughs> what, what's what what do you what is your answer to, to that I'd, I'd first say i think you've made a terrible mistake hiring me graham i've got to tell you I shouldn't be in this role. Um, I, I, I think for the for the run of games that we have now, we just have to, I'd like to see, and it's hard because of all the injuries, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency with the tactics and the way that we line up because it's ch- it changes every week. And I know that's part of Potter's appeal, but the players, you can't, you must feel like every week you come out, oh, we're going to change it and do this. And this guy's here and this guy's there that lack of fluidity and that lack of knowledge of exactly where everyone's going to be at any one moment has to play into some of their, their psyche, which is why it feels like we get these sort of really up and down performances quite consistently. At least we have in the last few weeks might be crap, but at least I'd like to feel like there's some solidity there. Um, That's the first thing that I would do. And the other is we just have to, it's a cliche, but we have to play into the strengths. We can't have another game like today where it feels like, I know Kukure got a lot of the ball, but it was in the wrong end of the pitch. We have to have the ball at the feet of Kukurea and Lamptey consistently. Get it out wide and push up. Um, I don't want to see another game where everything funnels through the middle, where we're not really capitalising on what is truly the strength of the team. Yeah, I couldn't have added any more to that, to be fair. Um, like, it always seems so reactive, especially today, um, where we have a philosophy, but clearly the game, the game plan didn't work and nothing really changed. You talk half-time, the first half was so, like, so lackadaisical that you waited until eight minutes after the half to then make a change, to see if something's going to change in those eight minutes that's going to sort of change the game when you didn't actually change anything. We were, we were talking in the group, like, what was the team talk there? Because nothing has changed and something does need to change. So I don't know if it's, you know, sticking to our strengths, as, as Adam had said, or it's just seeing it from a different perspective and, and having the same people play and having the same approach to every game and trying to play our own and stop tinkering, maybe. I know people are not going to like hearing that, but keep tinkering with the, you know, the, the enforced changes today, there will be enforced changes next week. But when you start taking Lamptey off for March and then putting him on the left and then playing people in multiple different positions, it does get a bit confusing, even well, for us watching first and foremost. But, you know, we, where you've got Lamptey and March playing three different positions every 90 minutes, I can see why something doesn't gel. <laughs> I'm laughing just because of the quote that came up while you're talking. I agree with you, by the way. <laughs> 
LD brothers, I want to kiss Neil on the mouth. Um, yeah, a different Neil though, because you spelled it. I don't know whether you're talking about Neil Diamond <laughs> or someone. Good, good for you, uh, Josh. What do you think? Because like, it's a tough one. To, if it was a simple thing to answer, I think we'd be in much different employ. Yes, uh, I think so too. Um, I think I agree with with the majority of the stuff you two have said, but I do have one other big, massive thing uh, that I would like to see us do. And I don't care if it's the entire next six days between then and now, between watching tape and whatever, all the bullshit they'll be doing. Set pieces. Set pieces. Thank you. Set pieces. Set pieces. Set pieces. One goal from corners this year. We're the worst team in the league from corners. And we have Shane Duffy in the back. We have Lewis Dunk at the back. Lewis Dunk was the highest scoring centre-half since coming up to the Premier League. And most of them have come from corners. This year, nothing. One goal from corner kicks. Today, pure fluke. But where did it come from? Set piece. What We need to simply be working on those more. We have plenty of players within that 11. Generally, that entire 11, even whatever was left on the pitch of that 10, that all provide something that's dangerous from a set piece. And we're not doing anything with them. And to me... If we went from one goal to three instead of just, and we're still at the bottom because Southampton are the only team worse than us to score from corners and they've scored from three. All we need is two. And we've got, we're, you know, we're then sat there probably with four more points and we're sat on 24 points and we're in fifth place. Oh, I think it's a great, but we've, how many times have we talked about set pieces, both defensively and at the other end of the pitch? And it just seems like such a weird departure from what we've been we've been doing over the past few years. I, I, I'm not sure what quite what happened. Um, I, I do want to say though, let's as you talk about set pieces, can we just think about the irony of of how we scored that goal? Because Ward Prowse passed some horrendous ball to uh was it Romeo? Yeah. Uh, and then he, he had got to, his booking. Got his yeah, booking. And then we take Moda takes a crap free kick. Um mm-hmm. and Ward Prowse, if you watch the replays, I'm not quite sure what Ward Prowse was doing, but he did it I said this last week, but it feels like a kid was controlling him on FIFA. It was very FIFA, wasn't he it? He went back to on the line at a weird point for no reason. Then the ball rebounded out, which played two of our players. It wasn't just Mopay. We had a bunch of players on side because he was the only one just wandering off there. And that's why I think, I don't know about you, but I looked at that goal and was like, that must be offside. I was cheering, but it must be offside. And you saw Ward Prowse just swanning around on the goal line. Yeah, I didn't celebrate the first time because I thought... <laughs> I, I, like, I didn't. My missus was like, yay! And I was like, no, Britt, that's offside. I was like, that's miles <laughs> off. And then I looked at the replay and I was like, what is he doing? It was like a FIFA goal. It was like yeah. someone had took control of him, ran him back to the goal line, and then he player switched and the AI dragged him back yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> so true. But again, Morpe taking that chance as well. You know, he could have easily thought, oh, I'm offside here. So like forget it we saw that a couple of weeks ago as well where he thought it was a foul so and he still shanked it high um, i think that might have been the last game that's how quick the game's um, been coming so again having the what the composure there right in the last minute as well you're what 96 97 minutes in you might be a little bit tired as well from running around from absolutely nothing um but again finishes it 
shushes the away fans, even though the home fans are right there. Perfect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I don't understand about Neil is that you see all the chances he has and all the misses he has and the XG differential he has. Arsenal at home right after the end of that big COVID break. Palace, West Ham, this one. I don't understand that in my brain, there is no man I want more in the clutch than Neil Mope to yeah. slot in the last minute to get a result. And yet I don't trust him all game in front of with easy chances. I don't trust him. But if you still ask me, well, who do you want in the 97th minute in this random position to try and score an equaliser or a winner? It's still him over over yeah. so many. I don't... I don't understand how he is so good. I mean, the, the touch and take by him, by the way. Phenomenal. Superb. He's he's purely powered by shithousery. And <laughs> if you think about how, what is the maximum way that I can piss off the, or the opposition fans? <laughs> it's, it's what he does. Um how do I screw over the Palace fans as much as possible? How do I annoy the scammers as much as possible? I'll just score right at the end of the game. It's, like he's, choos- it's like he's choosing to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. Um, but I also, I've been on this bandwagon for a long time and, and Dank Lama Tech said this, Mope was good all game and, and, and didn't have the delivery. How We say that quite a lot. And it might just be that it's a point he's sort of a, He's a volume striker. It just needs a, he needs to shank a few throughout the game, and it gets to a point where he's like, okay, now I know where the goal is, and that's why he scores right at the end. I tell you what, he he reminded me of today. There was twice I watched him do it, and I was like, he's playing the Harry Kane role. He was almost playing at central defensive midfield twice today. He's he's doing everything in his power to get involved in that game. Yeah, he's dragging himself back. And this goes to what I've been saying for over a year. If we had somebody up front with him that was just a presence that could bring him into the game, I think he'd bag so many yeah. volume-wise. If you had an Eduard, right, like a bigger player like that is good at holding up the ball and is able to bring other players in, Mope would just be a absolute monster i think and and that's why i've been i've been saying that we need a taller striker that a one that can be a target man and play him in and i think we'll be a we'll be well up for it i don't think we need the pace then because we've got enough already to be able to come up on the wing backs to cause problems if we have someone who can just hold it up a little bit but when mope's on his own up there with trossard they're not neither of them are the, the player that can hold it up yeah, he's, he's not a lone striker, is he? And it's the 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 be all and end all of this is that he needs someone alongside him in order to really do that damage. Uh, obviously, his composure is is second to none. But yeah, I can't say much more on that. He he needs someone alongside him. What was what was the situation? I should remember this really. But before he came to us um, at Brentford, who was he playing up alongside? Uh, ben Rama, and he was also playing alongside another one. There was another one. Was it uh, Ollie Watkins? It was Ollie Watkins. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's one. It's someone that's now 
pinched from Brentford's like succession line of fantastic forward. It was him, it was it was Watkins and Mope. And and when you look at that, Watkins uh, Watkins is exactly that type of player, slightly exactly. bigger body. Exactly. Very comfortable with the ball, can play people in, and Mope just swept up. Yeah. What more can you what more can you say? That's exactly what we've been saying the whole time. And I know a lot of people when they listen to these shows and not just us, but other podcasts too, when when people are slightly critical of Mope, they say that like, well, you shouldn't be dropping him. I don't think anyone wants to drop him. I think they just want to use him in a different way or have people around him that can play to his strengths. Supplement him. Yeah. yeah. It's not it's not the we need a striker desperately. At the expense of my pay, is we need to strike a desperately in addition to my pay. Yep. Man of the match today. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, I'm giving it to Neil Mope because I think I I actually agree with uh, Dank Lamatek. I thought he actually actually played pretty well. Uh, like I said, I thought he did just about everything you could ask for him. Uh, he dropped really deep just to just get touches of the ball. Um, I thought he played decently enough. And then, like I said, the touch uh, for that for that volley, um, the touch and the take, because that was not an easy bring down. Um, and then to go ahead and pop it in the back of the net. And it could not have been any further in the corner. Um, I thought he I thought he was a uh, he was fine for most of the game when most people were not. And then to score the goal is 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 important. So. It's, a, it's an easy give, I think, Mope as well. I think tried to make things happen and tried to get the team going. Um, it's obviously a lot of passion there and, yeah, the composure and the take at the end. It's, it feels like an easy selection, but I think, Josh, you're completely right and um, Dan in the chat as well. It, he tried to make things happen today and tried to get the team going um, and even dropped as far back as his, his own 18-yard box in order to do that. So, um, yeah, it sounds easy. I think it's Trossard because only he knew that by going down to 10 men um, <laughs> and then getting 10 minutes of stoppage time, we unlock Mopé's powers. Um, and without that, <laughs> it, he wouldn't have scored. So it's Trossard. I mean, but a good argument to make. Um, only only those closest to him know how to truly unlock. Yeah, yeah. it's a reach, but I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> Uh, a, a worthy uh, sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he sacrificed himself for the betterment of the team. <laughs> and and as Potter said, uh, it doesn't look like it's as serious as first feared. Um, his Potter verdict from Naylor, uh, we have belief. The one thing I don't doubt with the players is their character and spirit, as shown and talked about just recently with the Pascal Gross situation. Uh, our first half was a bit below par. Southampton deserved to be ahead. Second half, we adjusted things and got better. Unpopular opinion, I think Southampton sat back and sabotaged themselves. As much as we maybe made a change here or there that actually did put them under a little bit more pressure, I think they invited it on. Um, I think we were lucky that they didn't continue to play the way they did in that first half. I think it was alluded to in the commentary as well, wasn't it, that they do have a problem with tiring out towards the end of the game. So I don't think it would have been a surprise to Potter or the rest of the team that at 70 minutes they stopped pressing. They sort of stop how they were playing uh, and allowed us to come into the game a little bit more. Um, I will say that Connolly did help things as well with an extra body up top there. Um, combine that with the fact that 
they maybe run out of steam towards the end. Um, we get a chance and we we take it, thankfully. Potter's, Potter's going to saying all this stuff, right? Saying the right stuff. Um, he's going to be he's going to be worried at the moment. He's going to be worried what on earth his team looks like next week for the th- three games that occur, whatever we said it was. Yeah, we got the the game against sun, the Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday fixture list. Yeah. Rough. It's painful. Yeah. Yep. Spurs next. Uh, they play Norwich tomorrow, so it's not exactly like they have a huge run around <laughs> uh, between us, but they do have to then play uh, Ren, Renner, Ren. Pretty sure it's just Ren uh, at home uh, in the Europa Conference Joke League. Um, is, that th- is that a Thursday game? <clears throat> that is. Yeah. So at least they do have to play uh, twice. Uh, which may well cause them to rotate a little bit more. Um, hopefully, Norwich can start just poleaxing them uh, to try and even the numbers <laughs> down. <laughs> Do what you can. Uh, but, yeah. uh, didn't they lose against that random team I had to Google the other day as well in Europe? Uh, they did, yeah. NS Mura. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but their form in the Premier League has actually become much improved since Conte has came in, um, even if it's just the Conte effect for now. Uh Drew with Everton uh, away and then beat Leeds and then just dominated Brentford last week. Um, they only won 2 0, but I don't think there was a moment in time where it looked like they were in too much trouble. Um, they've really turned it around. Uh, they had that week off due to the snow. Uh, not sure when they're going to look to re- recalibrate that one, like reschedule oh, the Burnley game. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's probably New Year now, isn't it? As congested as it is. Which is quite funny, really, because Burnley are probably a bit gutted. Hmm. Yeah, this this will be t- uh, this is tough. I mean, you you don't want to. Yes, they've got enough squad depth. Yeah, exactly. Mira like third in the yeah Slovenian league. I'm sure it's highly competitive. Um, <laughs> it's you, you you don't Norwich feels like one of those games where it's like a sort of a confidence booster for them, um, which you don't like to see. You'd rather they get run a little bit ragged, but maybe they get maybe there's a little bit of complacency that comes in by playing two sides that should arguably be very, you know, a lot inferior to them. And then they come to us, but whatever ragtag bunch of one legged fellows that we put out against them. Yeah. Uh, Wolves shortly after that, who have just gone above us uh, this weekend, um, despite losing to Liverpool, they are above us by a point. Uh, And then of course we've got Manchester United um, who are also just above us by a point. Just to touch on Wolves there, because I'm, I'm looking at it and looking at the amount of goals that teams score. You've got Wolves there who've won and lost six each and drawn three with 12 goals in what is 15 games. And surprisingly, that's worse than us and a lot of the other teams around there. Yet they find themselves in eighth place purely because they don't draw, because they either win or lose. And it seems to be by a goal each time. So fully expect a very low scoring game on that Wednesday as well. Yeah, they've not scored in three games now and they've played Norwich and Burnley for two of them. Um, prior to that one game against West Ham to seal the win, they lost to Palace 2-0. So uh, they got a couple of like lucky goals that came from, was it Huang Yi Chan or yeah. whatnot? Um, well, when, you've, when you've got him and Jimenez up front as well. It's... He's not doing it, is he, at the moment? Mm-mm. And it doesn't get any easier for them because they play Manchester City next weekend mm-hmm. away. So, I mean, they're probably coming in four goals, four games goalless uh, 
which is good for them because we tend to enjoy giving those kind of confidence boosters to teams. <laughs> uh, it's not just City, though, is it? They it's, they play they've played Liverpool today, right? Liverpool, yeah. City, us, Chelsea. Yeah, oh. Oh, they're, but they're looking at that, saying that's where we're going to get points. Um, I mean, they need to, right? Because they've got Watford after that to get some more points there, and then they've got Arsenal, Manchester United both away after that. So, so. Those, those, they'll be their targets. Um, it's just whether we can stop that from happening. And then Man, then Man United the Sunday after as well, um, with Ralph Ragnick starting to be in the dugout. That's an intriguing one for me. Who knows how they come out of this situation? Maybe Michael Carrick was the mastermind all along. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. Um, Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything else because uh, we've got a slightly longer week now ain't we until the Sunday uh, suspect it's going to be a very big week for you Adam um, yeah I might have uh, my first child this week uh, so yeah uh, who knows I might be next time we speak on running on about sort of two hours of sleep potentially and um, hopefully fresh off the back of a Mopay 91st minute goal to get us a draw (laughs) (laughs) amazing yeah i've not got anything exciting happening that's for sure compared to uh something like that so no well enjoy good luck this week adam yeah Uh, definitely i'll need it yeah definitely (laughs) hoping for everybody to be happy healthy and uh and you to not be too uh, fast asleep uh, come Sunday <laughs> unless and you may well have the advantage of having a brief power nap in those 90 minutes depending on how poorly we play yeah I would have loved to have been comatose for a lot of today's game <laughs> um, so yeah yeah <laughs> cheers Great boys alright boys have All a right. good one uh, enjoy the rest of your week everybody and be safe thanks everyone for thanks this. guys bye bye